0: And we've changed our diets really quite radically over the last 300 years and even more over the last 50 years with all this extra sugar and white flour, fertilizing uh, what we really think of a disease-promoting bacteria and yeast. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total
1: body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey everybody, welcome back to the What Up Doc University podcast. This is Dr. Mike, and we got another great episode today. Uh, today is is a really, really good episode, and uh, uh, it's Dr. Terry Walls. Um, you know, we talked about uh, her video uh, from the TED Talk earlier, and I'll put those in the show notes. Uh, and I, I posted that up in, in the Facebook group. But um, let me give you a little bit of a background on Terry Walls, if you don't know who she is. So, Dr. Terry Walls, she's a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa. Yay, people out in Iowa! Uh, she's a author of the Walls Protocol: How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine, and also the cookbook, The Walls Protocol: Cooking for Life, the revolutionary modern Paleo plan to treat all chronic autoimmune conditions. And you can learn more about her work from her website, www.terrywalls.com. She hosts the Walls Protocol Seminar Uh, every August, where anyone can learn how to implement the protocol with ease and success. You want to follow her? uh, Follow her on Facebook. Uh, Just look for Terry Walls, MD. And she's also on Twitter. And her Twitter sign is at Terry Walls. Terry, T-E-R-R-Y-W-A-H-L-S. And uh, in this episode, she's going to go over her story. And she's going to talk about all the things that she went through to reverse her condition of multiple sclerosis naturally. So this is something that you'll wanna take take a listen to maybe once or twice or three times and uh, share this with your friends and family, especially those that you know who has some type of autoimmune condition. And not necessarily that this is the way that's gonna work for them, but to give them some sense of hope and to give them another look at you know the, the spectrum of health, that things like functional medicine, diet, nutritional supplementation, all of those things can help their body. We're not necessarily promising a, p- a cure, but it is another route. And, you know, hope can be some of the greatest things we can give. All right, let's get into this episode. So, welcome to the show, Dr. Terry Walls.
0: Oh, hey, thank you so much. I'm very glad to be here.
1: So, all right, let's jump straight into it. Take us. A- to the moment that you were diagnosed with MS and what, what was the, the first thing that was running through your mind?
0: Oh God. Uh, it was awful. I, um, uh, had, uh, I just, uh, um, resigned from the Marshall clinic. I was starting at the university of Iowa and I was feeling like, Oh my God, have I just uh, created a catastrophe for my family? Uh, what uh, does this mean? Uh, is this a, uh, a slow uh, disabling thing, a rapid disabling thing. It was re- really a terrifying two weeks while I was going through uh, all the testing to sort out uh, what it was that I had that uh, had caused the weakness of my left leg. And
1: so uh, about how long were you feeling symptoms and, and, and all that?
0: Well, the weakness of my left leg had been uh, sort of building for a couple of weeks, um, which I uh, had uh, had not really been aware of until I tried to walk uh, three miles and realized that there was a big problem. Then I went to see my doc the next day and started getting the evaluation. Uh, in retrospect, uh, I had been having symptoms uh, probably 20 years uh, with these uh, episodes of pain uh, that had been going on and getting progressively more troublesome. I'd had an episode of visual dimming 13 years earlier, uh, and fortunately for me, um, my physicians had not put together the pain and the visual dimming to raise the possibility of MS, uh, which is good because otherwise they would not have had my children. So I'm I'm very glad uh, they had not put it together uh, mm. 13 years earlier. Okay,
1: so it, it, I read you know in your book you you said um, and I quote. Like most physicians, I was always focused on quickly diagnosing my patients and then using drugs and surgical procedures to treat them. That is, until I became a patient myself, conventional medicine was failing me. Why did you have that change in mindset?
0: Well, you know, I, I, before I was diagnosed as a conventional academic doc, okay. I thought people were wasting their money uh, on these vitamins and supplements and uh, alternative treatments. Uh, but you know, God works in mysterious ways. I I got, I got to have my MS diagnosis. Uh, I knew that I should treat my disease aggressively. So I sought out the best center I could find, which is the Cleveland Clinic. Saw their best people, took the newest drugs. And still within three years, my disease, uh, had converted to progressive MS. I, um, uh, was getting weaker. I needed a tilt-clined wheelchair. Uh, and, it looked to me like I was headed towards becoming bedridden, possibly demented. My pain was getting more and more difficult to control. Yeah, And so that's when it, it occurred to me like, well, conventional medicine is not stopping this. I, I'm going to start reading the basic science uh, myself. I, and, you know, originally when I was first diagnosed, I'd started reading the science, and it was just so upsetting that I quit. Yeah, um, But now that I knew how bad it was going to be, I went back to reading the science, uh, looking uh, at first for what was the latest new drug I could try. But then I had the aha moment like, you know, I can't get those new drugs. I better be reading about things I could access, which were vitamins and supplements. Uh, And so I started reading about other uh, dementing illnesses with shrinking brains. And so I was reading a lot of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, Huntington's, Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, And I decided that mitochondria were the problem. Then I started reading what I could do to supplement and support my mitochondria. Mm,
1: Okay. For our listeners, um, let's take a a little step back and explain to them, because some of them may not understand exactly what is MS.
0: So MS uh, is a disease where the immune cells are attacking the uh, insulation on the wiring between our brain cells Uh, When there's an acute attack, uh, that's called a relapse. And then we can uh, do some repair work. Things function a little bit better. That's called a remission. And most people are originally diagnosed with relapsing remitting. But over time, the uh, destructive damage continues. There's finally enough damage that there's no more spontaneous recovery, but there's a slow, steady decline. And depending on the person you convert to that steady decline earlier or later uh, in your, the course of your illness. And so my conversion uh, occurred really pretty quickly after diagnosis.
1: Okay. So now you've done your, you know, digging your research. What were the first steps that you took to
0: kind of get your help back? You know, I started, uh, well, actually the very first thing I did, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, Cleveland Clinic doctors told me about Lauren Cardane's work in the paleo diet, so in 2002, after 20 years of being vegetarian, I adopted the paleo diet, gave up all grains, all legumes, all dairy, uh, because the science seemed to make sense. Um, I continued to decline. The next year, I needed chemotherapy, and I needed my decline wheelchair. But I stayed with the um, paleo diet because at least I was doing something. Uh, then, as I get into the wheelchair... I start reading uh, about vitamins and supplements. I add creatine, carnitine, uh, coenzyme Q, and a B vitamin. And after six months, I'm really pretty cranky. I feel like I, you know, I've wasted my money. Uh-huh. I stop them. And then I, I just can't get out of bed. I am uh, completely exhausted. Two days later, my wife comes in and gives me uh, my supplements and said, you know, honey, I think I ought to take these again. I take them, and the next day I can get up and go to work and so I think, wow, that was really interesting. So two weeks later, I, I do the same thing. I stop my supplements. I'm completely exhausted. Uh, three days later, I start them up, but I can function again. So I, I decide that though they aren't enough to recover me, they're clearly doing something. Uh, and now I'm very excited that I'm learning stuff that my um, neurologist and primary care docs uh, don't know to tell me. So, I'm more excited about reading the basic science and beginning to slowly experiment on myself with what are other things that I can try. Now, at this point, I'm still very focused on uh, a supplement program. Okay. And I, I'm very grateful that it's my perception my supplements are slowing my decline, which had been very rapid. So, uh, you know, that's really good news. My neurologists have made it very clear, though, that. Functions once lost when you have progressive MS are gone forever. They're never coming back. Um, You know, I'm still doing my simple little exercises that I can every day. I never miss a day, but I can do less and less and less. Um, By the summer of 2007, you know, I can't sit up anymore. I have a a special uh, zero gravity chair at work and one at home, so I can lean far back, otherwise, I'm in bed. I can walk very short distances. I beginning to lose my keys and my phone. The, the pain is getting more difficult to control. Uh, the episodes are more frequent, more severe. Uh, my chief of staff pulls me into office to tell me that in six months, he's assigned me to the traumatic brain injury clinic. I'll see patients without residents. Uh, and I, when I tell my wife about this, we both uh, decide it's the VA's way of telling me that, you know, we're done redesigning your job you're going to have to finally take medical disability. Uh, and so, you know, this July of, 20, of 2007, I thought I knew my future and it was pretty darn grim. Yeah.
1: So, at, and, and at this moment, you, you're you still just on the supplements, right?
0: So I'm on the supplements. I'm still taking my disease-modifying okay. drugs, uh, CellCept. You know, and I'd gone through... Uh, the ABCR drugs, I'd taken Tizabri, that you know, new biologic, I'd taken Mitoxantrone, I was on Celcept. Uh, and these drugs all make you sick, but you take them because we're all terrified of becoming bedridden and demented, and so I'm still taking them, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to become bedridden and demented anyway, uh, but I, I, I want to put it off as long as I can, so I keep taking the disease-modifying drugs and my vitamins and my supplements And, um, you know, I I have accommodated enough to life that I've learned to take each day, one day at a time, and I can Mm -hmm. sort of let go of that. Um, But it's certainly a challenging time. So then, what was your next steps after that? Well, you know, in August, I got my uh, research packet uh, for the Research and Development Committee, and so every month I... Uh, was reviewing the research protocols, and I'd always mm-hmm. been uh, asking to review the stuff related to the brain. So uh, there was a protocol that was about electrical stimulation of muscles in people who had acute traumatic injury to their spinal cord. And I read that, and I thought, well, wow, this is really interesting. Uh, so then I searched for uh, articles on PubMed.
1: Mm-hmm. There were
0: 212, uh, so I read through those abstracts. There were a couple of articles uh, using that for people with strokes and with uh, cerebral palsy. And I convinced my physical therapist to let me have some test sessions. And he said, you know, we could maybe grow more muscles using this electrical current. But I wasn't, he wasn't sure if my brain could talk uh, to the muscles. And so if my brain couldn't talk to these new muscles, I was just putting ankle weights on my legs. and That's going to make it even harder to walk. Okay. Um, but we are trying that. Uh, I, I tolerated it okay. And so I uh, did this twice a day. Uh, well, I was sucking in my gut for my uh, sim- very simple little workout. And at the same time that I made that discovery, I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine online. Okay. And I ordered their course on neuroprotection. Uh, and so this was uh, synchronized, you know, audio synchronized PowerPoints. Uh, And it's like a four-day conference uh, that uh, they had. So I was going through all the lectures. They had a big notebook and some cases. Uh, And so I'm I'm deepening my understanding of what I can do for my mitochondria. I have a longer list of supplements that I'm taking. I'm doing my E stem, and I feel like you know maybe I can sit up just a little bit better. And then in December, so I've been doing this about uh, uh, three months. I have uh, an aha moment. Like, what if I take this list of supplements that I'm taking and I figure out where that is in the food supply? Ah. Uh, so, uh, it's more research. I, I have these lists of foods that I'm going to start emphasizing. And December 26th, we start this new way of focused eating. Uh, and uh, about three weeks later, I start in the trite brain injury clinic. But what I discover is, you know, my energy's improved, my mental clarity's improved, and uh, in that first week, I'm just sort of watching my partners, so that's sort of a bye week, And if you're okay, that doesn't, I I figured I I should be able to watch people work, Uh and the next week, I'm starting to see uh, patients, and I can do it.
1: Wow. So, at the end of the week. That's fairly quick, right?
0: It's stunning. Yeah. It's stunning, you know? So you know I, I I'm still in my wheelchair, but I'm standing up doing the exam, sitting down, and thinking like you know I I can do this, and I'm really surprised, my wife's surprised um, at at the um, and so I'm thinking like well maybe maybe this is going to work out. Uh, at the end of uh, uh, three months, I'm starting to walk with a cane. Uh, and at six months, I'm walking around the university. Pardon me, the Veterans Affairs Hospital, without a cane. You know, I still have a limp, but I'm walking around without a cane. Uh, and at nine months, I, I'm able to walk around the block. Uh, and uh, but and I've recovered really quite remarkably. But as part of having a progressive illness, you let go of having expectations. You just take each one day at a time. I don't know what to make of what's happening around me, but it, you know, which is really pretty interesting. I, so what, have, yeah, yeah, let me, let me ask you, let me stop you there. What, what what's
1: the mindset that you're going through all of this? Because I, I know a lot of people that have gone through, you know, similar issues and a lot of them just throw in the towel and say, Hey, look, this is my lot in life. What kept you staying the course?
0: Well, uh, a, a couple of things. Um, uh, there's a great book that I love by Viktor Frankl, uh, ah. uh, "Man Search for Meaning." Favorite, and, yeah, uh, I love that book. Uh, one of his uh, principal theses uh, is that between every event in your life, and your response, is a space, and in that space, you make a choice, and that defines our character. So I have two young kids, and so my mantra to myself is: Your kids are watching. Are you going to show them model giving up? You know, model giving. You know, going on. Uh, and so, I was going to model going on. Um, when I was in the wheelchair, one of my partners invited me to write a, a case for our uh, medical students, which I did, and then you normally give a lecture and uh, about that disease, and I decided instead to give a lecture about being evaluated and being diagnosed with a progressive and curable illness, and what that experience is like, and what it taught me as a physician, uh, and so that was my giving back to the world uh, in terms of teaching these medical students uh, about life and pain and function, and, uh, and I really think that was a major turning point uh, that I point to in terms of reclaiming my health because that's when I was giving back to society. Oh,
1: okay.
0: uh, then, you know, a few months, a few, several years later, I discovered Functional Medicine I am physically recovering, um, and remarkably so, but I'm still in that take every day, one day at a time. I don't really know what this means. At nine months, you know, spring is coming. uh, It's Mother's Day, and I've been sort of thinking, could I ride my bike around the block? And so I get my bike out. My family has a panic attack. Uh, We have a big family meeting. Can I ride my bike or not? And uh, we decide that my daughter will run on the right, my son will run on the left, and my wife rides the bike behind me. And I get on the bike, and in fact, I can bike, and I bike around the block. We're all crying. Uh, and, you know, I have tears in my eyes now because that, that is the miraculous moment when hope came back into my life.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, a lot of us, and I tell these these things to, you know, my patients is sometimes even the simple things like that, we take that for granted, you know, and, um, to be able to have that back is miraculous in and of itself,
0: you know, right. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, now did you, when you, uh, when you started to investigate the, uh, the foods did you get rid of the supplements or did you continue um, with the supplements and you know, with the food?
0: I kept with the supplements. Okay. I added the food. The magic happens when I uh, add the food and the the food plan is now what I call the wall's diet. Uh, over time I've simplified my supplements, um, but I discovered if I try to take them away completely, I have more trouble with pain. Mm. Uh, so I, I think targeted supplements can be very, very helpful. Uh but I have to remind everyone, you know, I love the paleo diet, but it was certainly not enough to recover me.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: supplements were helpful, but they were not enough to recover me. Even the complicated regimen that I got from functional medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really had to integrate everything, uh, uh, ramp up the nutrition, uh, have targeted supplements. I think the e STEM was very helpful, uh, and uh, particularly in the speed of my recovery. In uh, the paleo eating was helpful. Uh, so w- when you're as as ill as I was, and remember, I I couldn't sit up anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh huh. So I needed uh, everything to the max to recover.
1: So what were the like the key components to the walls diet? What did you put so, together, and what, did, what um, and what did you change actually from the paleo?
0: So from from the paleo, I'd already taken out the uh, all the grains, all the dairy all the legumes.
1: Now, was I this also, by experiment f- for you?
0: No, no. Th- this was based on having read uh, Lauren Cordain's uh, The Paleo Diet uh-huh. uh, book uh, and having read his papers. So I went ahead and and did all of that. Um, I hmm. uh, also took out eggs because eggs are another common food sensitivity. So, so that was a new thing that I took out. And then I ramped up the vegetables in a very specific way to get the nutrients that um, science was telling me that brain cells needed uh, to really thrive, and that mitochondria needed, and there, there were 20 nutrients that uh, I was tracking. I now track 36 nutrients. So uh, the big picture things we're adding were lots of greens for the vitamin K, which is mm-hmm. uh, we, we now know very very important for making myelin. Uh, the uh, sulfur-rich vegetables: cabbage, onion, mushroom family, because that helps me make, uh, helps me process eliminate uh, trash, helps my brain make uh, gamma-aminobutyric acid, an important neurotransmitter, and helps my cells make glutathione, which are a very important uh, antioxidant. Uh, and then the th- the uh, next group of vegetables had to do with the deeply pigmented vegetables, in the uh, beets, carrots, uh, uh, peppers, uh, you know, and, and berries. Uh, because those polyphenols are associated a lot in many studies with uh, protection of the brain. Uh, it, and then I uh, was more attentive to grass-fed, wild-caught uh, fish, meat. Uh, had liver a couple times a week, uh, and started adding uh, fermented foods into the diet. Uh, and that. Um, you know, it was like nine cups of vegetables, and, and probably once I got into this, it was probably more like twelve to fifteen cups of vegetables. I was just phenomenally craving, uh, particularly uh, big salads. Uh, so I was having six uh, cups of uh, greens uh, easily every day.
1: Now, were you uh, were you cooking these, or were you eating these raw? Uh,
0: a mixture of both. We okay. so had big salads, but we also uh, loved uh, grew to love bacon and greens uh, a great deal. Okay. And
1: about how long uh, after you started implementing the the complete picture here, did you start seeing improvements?
0: So uh, brain fog and energy, dramatic improvements, I'd say within six weeks, uh, which would continue to accrue over the next several years. But I could tell within uh, uh, six weeks that my brain fog uh, was improving my energy was definitely improving. Uh, My ability to sit up, uh, so I could sit up to eat uh, a meal uh, at the table, uh, again, that was improving uh, in a month's time. Uh, In the end of three months' time, I uh, took my first walk in the hallway at the hospital uh, using my cane to get the mail. That was a a very big day for me. Uh, Then at about six months, I felt pretty comfortable walking without a cane. Uh, At nine months, I mentioned I I did the bike tour. At uh, 12 months, I did a 20-mile bike ride uh, with my family. Uh, And I stayed doing uh, the electrical stimulation of the muscles as part of my routine uh, for about four years. I was seeing physical therapy um, regularly for four years uh, throughout all of this time.
1: Wow. And – what it, let, let me step back with the with the E stem. What were you doing with E stem? Like, um, how how are you using it?
0: Well, you know, um, I'm an athlete, uh, and this is a pretty common thing uh, athletes do uh, uh, to speed recovery after an injury or mm-hmm. to prevent muscle atrophy with an injury. So you do an isometric contraction of the muscle while you're applying electrical current uh, to that muscle over the motor units, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and so. It builds muscle mass, um, and if you can do uh, 15 minutes a day every day uh, to the injured muscle, you, you prevent atrophy. If you can do 45 minutes to an hour, you can grow muscle mass. So I was uh, targeting my weakest muscles and was working on growing uh, muscle mass, uh, and that was helpful. So I was targeting my belly and my back and then the muscles that lift my uh, ankle – uh, my feet up at the ankle, so ankle dorsiflexion.
1: So how does that regenerate nerves? What's the, well, what's the, what's the physiology what's,
0: there? What's the physiology there? Yeah. Um, the activation of the uh, uh, motor unit mm-hmm. uh, if uh, is very helpful. If you don't keep activating the motor unit, uh, the muscles begin to deteriorate uh, quickly, then you lose mitochondria. Uh, uh, It's quite damaging to our metabolic function. When you activate uh, those motor units, uh, you'll also uh, develop uh, more mitochondria, uh, a much healthier muscle cell, and you'll develop um, and release nerve growth factors locally, uh, and you'll release endorphins locally, which will get circulated up to the brain and have a favorable impact on mood and lower inflammation. So, one of the things that that we observed was uh, when I did the E stem, it had a a terrific impact on my mood. Oh, interesting, very
1: interesting. Now, within um, the integrative medicine circles you know, the, the hot topic within the last couple of years is the microbiome. Now ex- yes. ex- explain to us the because not a lot of people actually understand this and and people kind of think that they do. And they kind of just take, uh, you know, I need to take probiotics to help my microbiome. And they see, it, I see a commercial for like Activia and they're like, okay, I'm great. Um, but explain to us the link between the gut, the brain, and then what we need to do to enhance the microbiome.
0: Well, um, our awareness of how the bacteria in, uh, and yeast and parasites in our bowels uh, help us run uh, the chemistry of life uh, and help us uh, eat our food, digest our food, digest each other's byproducts, and some of their byproducts diffuse into our bloodstream, uh, will migrate up to our brain and influence our behaviors and our cravings in ways that make winners and losers of, of the bacteria that are living in our bowels. Uh, and so when you eat a lot of sugar, we're stimulating yeast and bacteria that create more craving for sugar. Uh, when we've changed our diets really quite radically over the last 300 years and even more over the last 50 years with all this extra sugar and white flour, fertilizing uh, what we really think of as disease-promoting bacteria and yeast. Mm -hmm. When I uh, eliminated sugar, processed foods, uh, with the uh, paleo diet, that was helpful. Uh, But the next really big thing I did was when I – uh, ramped up all those vegetables, and I was eating, you know, probably 12 to 15 cups of vegetables. I uh, was feeding and fertilizing these health-promoting bacteria in a very big way, so I had it probably caused a huge shift in my microbiome. Uh, and likely, I was crowding out a lot of the sugar-loving yeast and bacteria that were so harmful. Uh, and, and really, the most powerful thing we can do in terms of determining who's going to grow in our bowels is what we are feeding, what we're eating ourselves, and, and what we are fertilizing in our gut. If we eat a lot of sugar and processed foods, we're fertilizing a very different kind of food uh, mix of bacteria than if we're eating you know, 9 to 12 to 15 servings of vegetables. If we're eating only meat, we have a different microbiome. If we're eating only fat, we're having a different kind of microbiome. It's very sensitive uh, to the food that you eat, you know, because you, you have like a thousand uh, trillion microbes in your gut. Mm, yeah. If you eat, if you take a, a probiotic capsule, like it's maybe five, 10, 15 or even a really big one, 50 billion uh, colony forming units. That's nothing compared to 100 trillion.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, I got to get jump back to. Uh, one thing that that I was thinking about is when you started making this recovery, what were your colleagues saying?
0: Well, you know, they were um, really stunned. People were very excited to see me walking around. Yeah. Now, what was very interesting, that when I changed my practice and I quit using drugs and surgeries, and I'm using conversations about diet and lifestyle and meditation and exercise and vegetables – and I talking about fish oil, and I'm talking about uh, vitamins. That made people uncomfortable, uh, and so I had to uh, get going to the chief of staff's office multiple times. When he'd say, "You know, people are upset. Uh, what's going on? Why? Why is this happening?" And I, I would, you know, take an armful of uh, scientific papers, explain the science behind what I was doing. Uh, and my chief of staff ultimately became a huge fan. And said, you know, look, if she hurts someone, we'll, we'll do a peer review. But if she's not hurting anyone, vegetables really are not a problem, folks. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. It was very uncomfortable for folks to see how I changed my practice. Uh, but then fortunately, uh, my chief of staff was a huge fan, big supporter. The chair of medicine became the dean of the College of Medicine. He encouraged me to write a clinical uh, protocol uh, which we got approved and we did a little trial. And uh, every year we're putting uh, posters out with uh, our progress on the clinical trial. And plus my clinic, my Trank Braindra clinic, is just doing a, a amazingly well. The The outcomes begin to speak for themselves. And our research outcomes began to speak for themselves. So then and then when we had the before and after videos of the gate changes, uh, then people decided that maybe I'm this brilliant visionary as opposed to this, you know, uh, uh, oddity. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I can see how that happens. It's just interesting how you know you, you being in that environment of you know conventional medicine of drug surgery. Uh, and then shifting it, and then how does that you know, change the course of things?
0: Yeah, I certainly met resistance, not from uh, the patients, but from, yeah. but from uh, my colleagues who, who thought maybe I was into quackery. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kept speaking uh, physiology, biochemistry, uh, the basic science, uh, and then uh, doing these studies and having uh, some very impressive results. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, that's awesome. So at the beginning of the book, you wrote, um, unless you understand what your body actually needs, you won't know what advice to take and what advice to leave. You won't know what foods to choose. You won't know which diet is the right one for your condition. You won't know how to fuel your own cells for optimal health. How do you, how do you recommend, or what do you recommend people, the layperson, to get that well, knowledge? Where do they start?
0: You know, um, I'm one of the few and probably the only uh, uh, author with a diet book that also does clinical research, nutrition research. When we did our clinical trial, we had to uh, do menus, recipes, uh, 24-hour recalls with somebody following the diet, which was me, to verify that it was nutritionally adequate because this seems so crazy to folks. Uh, the dietitian who who completed that study for us said – like this – she had been doing this dietary research for 30 years – and said this was the most nutrient-dense diet she'd ever analyzed. Uh, then when I uh, wrote the book, and when we're doing the subsequent clinical trials, we again uh, create menus, recipes, uh, do a detailed analyses to verify that they, the diet rules that I've written out, when you follow them, do in fact provide the nutritional that, that science says are brain cells and mitochondria need. No one else has done that, uh, even as much as I love the paleo diet. Some of the uh, single analyses of, of the paleo diet have shown that even that still has gaps in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think it's, it, it's, uh, that's one of the advantages. So I, I've done that work. Uh, so at least we know that my various diet, diet plans are completely sound. So I, I would encourage people to uh, pick up uh, the book Begin one of the three uh, diets and adapt it to your uh, cultural uh, tastes. Uh, and I think it's it's really important for people to begin to cook at home, which is why I also wrote the cookbook, because uh, in my lifestyle clinic, we we saw that uh, so many people have forgotten how to cook or they never learned how. Uh, and so they just really did not know how to how to cook with real food and ingredients. So we gave them cooking classes, and we got them uh, feeling much more comfortable cooking. Uh, and then I uh, decided I need to take this to the public, and so I wrote the cookbook to give people uh, the skills and comfort to begin uh, making simple, enjoyable, fun foods uh, for themselves, their kids, and their grandkids.
1: Yeah, guys, if you guys haven't gotten the book yet, go out and get the book. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Um, when I first got the book, you know— you, you, like any other book, you you look at and you and the way I look at books is I look at the size of it and I'm like wow that's going to be a, a couple weeks read but in actuality guys like, it was it was such a compelling book that it only took me about a few hours because it was just it was just going and anyway, it's like it's like me sitting there with you talking to me about your story and what you went through and then saying okay here's what you need to do uh, with your diet and all the kind of, you know, the stuff that surrounds it. I really like the way you wrote the book.
0: Yeah, I was I was very happy with how it turned out. And I worked really hard at making sure this is very understandable. Uh, so to make the science uh, very, very approachable so people understand why we do things the way we do, but in a way that uh, is easy to understand. You don't have to have a PhD uh, to read my books.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple questions. Um, what's your thoughts on – because this, this has been circling around in the, the integrative medicine community. Um, what's your thoughts of putting stuff like hyperbaric chambers, intermittent fasting, all of that stuff for a person that's going through a neurodegenerative disease?
0: So um, the intermittent fasting, absolutely a terrific idea. Uh, fasting, uh, I like to um, eat once a day. Uh, so I have a 24-hour fast between eating, so I have uh, a little more uh, ketones. Mm-hmm. And that stimulates the number of mitochondria uh, in my cell and the efficiency of the mitochondria. And I eat lots and lots of vegetables, so I still have a healthy microbiome. Uh, I occasionally will go uh, one to three days without uh, on a fast, and I might do that a couple times a year. Uh, again, for the same kind of health benefits. Great research that this is a very potent anti-aging And uh, neuro, a great way to protect your brain. Uh, Hyperbaric oxygen, some very interesting studies about that. Uh, uh, That may be useful, uh, but that's a uh, cost. Uh, And so uh, it's going to be a little more restrictive in terms of being able to access that as opposed to the fasting, which you can control. You know, I also get uh, asked a lot about uh, stem cells Hmm, uh, for neurodegenerative. So let me talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, stem cells are great therapy for orthopedic injuries, trauma-related injuries. Uh, you can often get by with one uh, stem cell infusion and have really a nice response uh, with early or moderate uh, arthritic changes. And I've seen and I've gone to stem cell conferences where uh, the, uh, the the practitioners are very excited about the stem cells that are given frequently uh, when it's a fat-derived stem cell for people with Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, uh, progressive MS, and they can stop the decline. And they uh, have to give their infusions uh, every month or couple of months. Um, we stop the decline by changing the diet and the lifestyle, and we often have marked improvement in function. Well, And, I, and I've presented at some of these stem cell conferences uh, and had uh, some lively conversations with these folks, that if you don't change the root cause of the degenerative disease, you have to keep doing stem cells every month or two forever. Uh, and so I, I pushed them to say, imagine what would happen uh, if you did diet and lifestyle. That many of these folks won't need the stem cells, but there'll be some folks who, who will, will still benefit because I can't fix everyone. But if you did diet and lifestyle uh, and stem cells for the people who needed it, hyperbaric for the people who needed it, we might be able to really have uh, uh, able to stop and reverse uh, these processes for nearly everyone then. Uh, That's a theory. I don't know. But I I think it's uh, certainly quite plausible.
1: Yeah, that's a a big, big topic. I had a few patients undergo stem cell therapy uh, for knee replacement and then also for low back stuff. And they came out really well. Um, And I've been reading some of the research that you were talking about. Um, on the forefront of that, so that is a, a you know right over the horizon. I think that we're going to come down to that. What? A uh, c- couple last questions. What are the you know the implications of that? Meaning, who who is this actually for? Like, do you actually have to wait till you get some type of devastating diagnosis, or can the well, average person just do it?
0: So uh, we've had uh, the. A lot of college students want to come work with me because I'm such a a dynamic researcher here now. People are very excited to be in my lab. And we have them uh, do the study diet for two weeks, keep logs before they work with us. And all of these kids who are in the prime of their life uniformly come back and tell us uh, how much better they feel, more alert, better moods, uh, migraines are gone, uh, their anxiety is gone, their uh, uh, pelvic pain. Uh, is gone. Uh, And so, even our young, healthy people are experiencing health benefits. In my traumatic brain injury clinic, uh, that people did very well. In the therapeutic lifestyle clinic, we'd have folks with a a wide variety of autoimmune problems. uh, And people with diabetes, obesity, uh, and all these folks had improvement of their uh, biologic, you know, the biomarkers, uh, reduce need for pains, reduce need uh, for their medications. Uh, so if you're healthy, uh, likely you'll discover that you have more energy, a lot better mental clarity and mood. If you have early disease, uh, you're, uh, you'll probably have normalization of your biomarkers, uh, need far fewer medications. If you're later in your disease, it's going to take longer, but we still saw, saw people have uh, reduction in pain, uh, normalization of their blood sugars uh, and blood pressures, and a steady decline in their number of prescription meds that they need. So uh, people will generally uh, improve, but it, it's true. The later you are in the disease, yeah, those improvements will come more slowly. The earlier you are in your disease, the more rapid it is. And if you don't have any disease, what you'll probably just notice is, man, I'm, I'm just feeling so much better, so much more alive. Mm. So it's for everybody,
1: guys. And this is this is a lifestyle that I believe that everybody should should adopt. And now, last question. What are the three things that you would leave the listeners with? What what can they do right now to make a difference in their health?
0: You know, I, I think the most important thing that we need to do is to begin to eat home cooked meals at home. Uh, uh, and to teach our children to cook. Uh, We are so busy so fast uh, that we are not uh, teaching our children how to feel comfortable making food. Uh, And that puts them uh, at economic risk and it puts them uh, at health risks. Um, Now, obviously, when they're making that food, I want them to have lots of vegetables and not have gluten and not have um, particularly uh, dairy. But For the health of the country, uh, if we can uh, all uh, as a country and for our families start making uh, food at home, make recipes, uh, make a menu, plan, Uh, we'll have uh, better social skills with our kids, better grades for our kids, uh, better health uh, for the nation.
1: Now, when I was growing up, we always had dinner at the table you know and, and there was that was that was a sacred time you know and we that's that's true for like most societies right i mean everybody yeah. that's it's a big thing you know you go to europe and they take like 2 hours off to have a meal together
0: and it it it's a, a social bonding time that you eat well with friends and family uh and you talk about life uh and what's going on in life uh it it's a it's a a big part of why the blue zone communities do well is that social bonding around the mealtime.
1: Huge, huge love the blue zones. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and for having the courage to go through this and stick through it and then pave the way for, you know, generations to come and to write this book to give others hope and to give others guidance for that as and we're we're so in debt for you to that. Any last words you want to leave our listeners?
0: Well, you know, uh, come uh, check out my website. We have lots of uh, resources to help you get started on this uh, journey, Uh, and uh, we can. uh, It's really important uh, that we not be afraid of eating this radical thing known as vegetables.
1: (laughs) Don't be afraid of the the vegetables. I love that. What's uh, what's your website?
0: Uh, Terry Walls.com. That's T-E-R-R-Y Walls, W-A-H-L-S.com.
1: Perfect. I'll put those all on the show notes. Again, guys, listen to what was said today. Go back and listen to this a couple more times and share this with your friends and family. Also pick up the book and then apply the knowledge that's within that. All right. We thank you so much for your time and your knowledge.
0: Thank you very much, Mike.
1: All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Wow, what a great interview. We had a lot, 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 lots of information. So go back and take some notes. Uh, get the book especially. Uh, the, it'll be in the show notes. And um, follow some of the recipes. Some of the recipes are really, really good. Like I said, if you guys have friends or family that are going through stuff like uh, MS or any type of autoimmune disease, you need to be educating yourself in this arena. Uh, so this is uh, such a great episode to open the doors. And like I said before in the beginning of the podcast, this is not necessarily something that will definitely cure. We're not saying we're not guaranteeing it, but it is another way. It is another uh, avenue that they can explore and, and try rather than just relying on the things that they've been given and, and, you know, feeling like they, they've lost hope because that's one of the biggest things that I said is, is having hope. All right, guys. Uh, thank you again for listening to this entire episode. And if you found great value in this, please go to the iTunes and leave us a five star review. Share your thoughts. Share your uh, express your emotion for uh, what we had in this podcast. Let Doctor Terry Walls know uh, how much you appreciated her time and her and her uh, actually her her mind for pushing pushing through all of this so that she can share this with the entire world. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you guys share this with your friends and family, and if we can get the word out of uh, the What Doc University podcast, get it out to the world so that we can change the lives and impact the lives of thousands of people. But you know what? It's come to the end of this episode. Till the next time, we're going to, we got some more great episodes coming up for you guys. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Again, leave us a five star review. Thank you very much. But till the next time, this is Dr. Mike from What Up Doc University Podcast and Velocity Wellness Center saying be well and aloha.